0: From 4th, this is So What Do You Do? podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a 9 to 5. Today, we are talking to Brooke, and Brooke is a senior user experience designer for a large home improvement retailer. Her background, however, is industrial design and product management, and she specializes in design thinking. However, most of her professional experience has been helping large organizations make technology advancements, and these advancements could be to improve their internal business processes and with their associates. Brooke is passionate about solving problems, bringing clarity to ambiguous situations, and using research to inform her decisions. However, outside of work, Brooke enjoys spending time with her family, friends, and usually involves some sort of outdoor adventure, lots of board games, and even card games. She loves a relaxing night snuggling with her two dogs. So, without further ado, let's hear her story and why she thinks the world of user experience is not only growing and evolving, but is actually the place to
1: Thank you for including me in the podcast. Absolutely. Um, so uh, my background, um, I graduated from Georgia Tech with a degree in what's called industrial design. Um, so industrial design focuses heavily on uh, core kind of product design um, methodologies and processes. Um, So a lot of the work we would do in college was focused on the design process, designing physical goods from home goods to electronics, um, kind of running the gamut of just any kind of physical physical good. Um, So what I currently do is my my job title is senior experience designer. um, And I focus mostly these days on what's called user experience design. Um, So instead of uh, the kind of physical good space um, that I studied in college, um, take in kind of the design practices um, and design methodologies, and I now apply those to technology systems. Um, And a lot of my job is really focused in um, these days on kind of business strategy in terms of how do we create Um, really functional, great experiences for customers and associates um, for our companies.
0: Awesome. So it sounds like you really were heavy in the actual physical design, like you said, designing products, et cetera, in college. And now you've transitioned to a little bit more, a lot more probably digital, but still in that design realm. And for all of our listeners, Talk a little bit about who is your client. I know you said we design for our client or for our customers, and I know what you do in terms of your space, but explain a little bit about the industry that you sit in and then what that means in terms of who your client and who your customer is.
1: Absolutely. So um, my current role is focused um, at a corporate um, company in the home improvement retail space. Um, so depending on the project that I'm working on at any given time, um, my customer is either our, our actual end customers who are buying the products from our retail and online space um, to our associates who work in our stores. So um, I've worked on a couple of projects where um, we're really associate focused. So it's associate systems that are used to manage their days, track tasks, track orders, manage orders. Um, I've worked um, with our contact center or call center associates on the systems that they use when they receive a phone call um, to identify customers, track a customer's history, and help them resolve issues. Um, And then some of the work that I'm doing now is much more on that in the customer uh, space. So really focusing on kind of our customer journey um, when
0: uh, interacting with our company. Cool. So, and and just to recap, and for all of my listeners, someone like you or someone like me, if you're going to go and need to buy paint or you need to buy, I don't know, screws or a nail, you are thinking through like who a customer like myself would be thinking through or, or experiencing when they come into your store, correct? Correct.
1: So okay. a lot of what my role is, um, is so typically in kind of big corporations, the way they're broken up, um, is they have different business units, right? Um, so those different business units, you might have, you know, you have the technology space and they're focused very much on what like the systems we're building. And then you might have an operations space and they're focused on the day-to-day operations of the retail side. And then you have marketing and you have sales and you have pricing. Um, And so you have all of these different kind of um, groups in the organization that are very detailed in their space. Um, And so what my team does um, is we really work across all of those teams to say, what is the end-to-end journey? When you put together... The marketing material says this, the customer then goes in and experiences this signage in the store. Um, How do they find the product that gets into the operations side? Um, How do they check out that gets into the sales and technology space? And then what happens if they need to return something? Um, So we're really looking across all of those kind of business functions and focusing in on the end kind of user of the service Um, that we're providing Um, and what we do kind of day to day is we really help visualize that journey Um, so a lot of the output of my job is what we call um, experience or journey maps um, where we're actually mapping that end-to-end journey and then depending on who the audience is for these maps you know we'll we'll call out the different systems that are needed or the different processes that are needed um so that we can help influence and inform the different teams and the different functions of where they overlap where they have dependencies on each other um, and where there are gaps um, to where hey marketing material is saying this but then when the customer gets into the store we aren't actually fulfilling that like um, so we can kind of see across the silos um, where, where we might have gaps in the experience to make sure um, that ultimately then we can fill those and provide a good customer experience.
0: That's super interesting. Now, can you tell me again what it is you just said that you you said visualization maps? Is that what you just said?
1: Yeah, so we will we'll refer to them as um, customer journey maps. Uh, we do cool. serve what's called service blueprints as well. Um, so there's just a bunch of different ways that we take information and visualize it wow. so that uh, the different groups can uh, kind of get a very quick glimpse um, into what's happening in any given process or uh, flow um, so a lot of a lot of our job is gathering information um, the other side of what I do um, that's that's really cool is we have a really heavy kind of research background. Um, so a part nice. of what we learned when I was talking about that, like design process in school um, is user centered design. So we do a lot of upfront research where we're gathering information both from the end users, as well as from, you know, different business teams and things like that. Um, so there's a, a lot of information gathering that happens up front. And then we work to kind of synthesize that information, prioritize what's important, what we want to call out. Um, and then that's where the visualization comes in so that, you know, we can get into a meeting with um, the kind of relevant stakeholders. And in just a few minutes, the visualization can help us take all of this information that we might spend weeks gathering and summarize it in a few minutes.
0: That's Fascinating. So one thing you mentioned that I do want to touch on, is you said, at your company, your team serves all of the different divisions, all the facets within your business. Now, in your experience, um, among other companies, let's say a listener here is going, oh my gosh, that's such a cool role. That really fits something that I think I would want to do And let's say they went to a different company, not the same company as yours. Is that pretty standard to see a user experience team or department or however you want to call it touching all of the facets of the business or are they sometimes siloed on their own? What's been your experience that you've seen?
1: Um, So I would say the company that I work for is more on the forefront of having an experienced team cross as much of the business as we do. Um, Our team is um, in the 200s of number of people. um, And most companies that I've experienced, um, the experienced teams are much, much smaller. Mm. Um, So it's really a Base that is growing significantly. So if you talk to someone about what user experience uh, design was, even, you know, three to five years ago, um, a lot of people would tell you it's just designing the front end of a website. Mm-hmm. Um, so what used to happen not that long ago is, you know, the business would come up with requirements for here's what we need a system to do. Um, they would give that to an engineering team, the engineering team would work out some of the functional steps. And then you would have a designer come in and, and basically just kind of make it pretty. Um, mm-hmm. So make it visually appealing to the user. Um, where we've really shifted, and this is where you'll see—you know—if you're—if you're looking in and you're looking at a job description and the title of the user experience designer, depending on what you want to do, if you're really interested in that kind of front-end visual design, that's awesome. Look for a job that's really calling out visual design as mm-hmm. the key competency, mm-hmm. um, versus you know, at my company, the user experience designer is much more research process heavy. Um, and then we do typically take um, our work, depending on what project we're on, through designs of a, of a system. Um, but there's a lot more upfront research and kind of work to help the business define those requirements. Rather than them just being handed to us as here's what we need you to do, so sure. we're involved much earlier in the process at this company. Um, but again, that's not that's not standard, I would say, across the industry. Um, and got it. User experience design or UX design is very much it's it's kind of a new space. It's been called a lot of things over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're still getting kind of. Um, a bunch of different translations or definitions depending on what company uh you're you're looking at or talking to. So it's it's key for anyone who's looking to go into it to really look at the job description, but then once you talk to someone really asking, you know, kind of like where does my job start and end in terms of the process? Um, you know, gotcha. a lot of times where we're starting is the business will come to us with a problem. Um, So, you know, when I mentioned working in the contact center space, it was, hey, we've recognized that when our customers call in, they have to repeat themselves um, a lot of times as they work through our network of people who can support them. Mm -hmm. How do we solve that problem? Um, So then we will go out, do the research about the problem, prioritize um, the different aspects of it, and then come back with a, a kind of solution or proposition for a solution um so that's that's kind of like where we start our process typically versus a lot of companies the business is coming saying hey we had this problem here's what we want to do about it now we need you to go build this Um, so those are kind of the two main main uh, processes I've seen where UX design can kind of fit into like one one category or the other
0: I got you, and so those are both. I love that you mentioned you know this is something if you're more interested on this side versus this side, you know, ask those questions, and I think that's so valuable for our listener to hear, okay, I think. You know, what Brooke's talking about, what she does in terms of the research and the information gathering, that's really what I want to do. I think to your point, it's making sure that if there's a role in user experience that they see that they want to apply to, it's really important that they do ask those questions um, in the interview process as they're networking with people at that company, reaching out on LinkedIn, etc., um, Absolutely. One.
1: and you'll see um, you'll you'll see job descriptions for user experience um, being you know user experience researcher, mm. user experience designer. Yeah. You know, um, so sometimes the titles the titles sometimes indicate kind of more which side the role is going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they don't though, so that's gotcha. kind of the key is just making sure that you're really understanding is this kind of a, what, what we refer to ourselves as kind of a, this kind of a generalist role. Um, gotcha. So we're expected to be kind of generalists across the board of user experience um, versus some companies really hire specialists in each of the different UX disciplines in terms of research, information, architecture, visual design, et cetera. Gotcha.
0: That makes a ton of sense. Um, So I guess, Brooke, I mean, I know you pretty well, but for all of our listeners, would you consider yourself a creative? Because to to be really frank with you, I'm someone who I don't consider myself to be a creative. However, someone one time asked me, like, they throw you in a room with whiteboards all around the room and they say, okay, your only job for the next hour is to brainstorm and whiteboard. What's like, what's your feeling? And my initial feeling is like terror and like, give me an Excel (laughs) spreadsheet. Um, and so I guess if someone were to ask you that question, like, does that get you excited? Do you feel like someone who would be excited for that would, would like, you know, your role or your field or your industry? Like, Talk a little bit about being a creative in a corporate in a more corporate um, space. Yeah, um, that's that's a really funny question, actually. Um, so,
1: I I would say yes. People would probably consider me a creative. Uh, for me, answering for myself, I think that what makes me a good UX designer is that I'm actually pretty 50 50 in terms Mm -hmm. of like which side of my brain I like to use Mm -hmm. so I can kind of jump over into that creative space and think that think outside of the box um but I also tend to be just as natural in going to that very logical analytical space Um, so I think where I think where UX design sits is you're ultimately creating um, something and you want to be innovative and you want to be, um, you know, thinking outside the box. But also you want to, it's not about what you want. So Mm. you have to be analytical enough to be saying, you know, this is what the data shows we should do. Um, This is what the data shows is the most valuable thing to do. Um, So you have to kind of be able to balance both of those thoughts like you can Mm -hmm. put together, you know, the most awesome experience that's beautiful and has all kinds of transitions and animations and, you know, is like super cool to look at. But if a user comes up to the website and is like, oh, yeah, this is beautiful, but it's not functional, it doesn't do what I need it to do, then ultimately you've not created a good user experience. So um, Interesting. Yeah. I think that's where UX kind of sits in between that creative role where it's like, yes, we are creative. Um, but also we have to be able to balance the data kind of analytics side. Gotcha. Um, clear so question about like going into a room and having to be like <laughs> the next hour we're going to brainstorm. Yeah. Um, um, we do that all the time in our, in our <laughs> job. Um, so a lot of, a lot of our job is um, what we call facilitation. So that at our company is like one of our core competencies um, is being able to not, I think the key though is that we aren't expected to be the ones creating all of the ideas. So that might, for for you, Ellie, that might like take some of the pressure off is that it's when we say we go into a room and we brainstorm, it's not, oh, we have to be these, like, magical people coming up with all of the best ideas in those um, those times, Um, what we do is we say, like, we want to get a bunch of diverse people in a room together, and then we have a lot of techniques and methods to facilitate those people coming up with ideas, and then sharing those ideas, and combining those ideas, and coming up with the idea that no individual came up with, but only the group together could. so we do a gotcha. lot of meetings, with bringing together you know business people, um, marketing people, technology, like developers, um, and all of those unique perspectives. you know when you give them a prompt of how would you solve this, they're each thinking kind of from their own lane, yeah, um, so a lot of what we're doing is in, in that meeting getting them to say, oh, well, if we steal this part, this really cool part of, you know, marketing's idea, but then technology came up, this really cool way that so you could execute it. And then the business needs it to be the functional thing. Like we can put those together and kind of mold them, um, into a much more holistic solution. So, um,
0: That makes a ton of that's,
1: sense. That's how we think about brainstorming. Um, I love yeah. that.
0: One big question, um, that I get from my students, from young professionals is how, how do you know this job is right for you? Like even now in the job, but even before when you're applying and you're, and you're figuring out not just the path in terms of your role or your title, but the company, you know, all that goes into selecting your job. How did you know that this job was right for you or was there like an aha moment or a point during the job search process?
1: Um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question. Um, I will say, I, I feel like what job is right for you is going to be, um, the answer to that question is going to change over Mm. the course of your career. So Mm. I think that's important to remember as a young professional, someone who's graduating college looking for the job is you are probably going to start your first job and there might be some things you like about it, but there might be some things you don't like. Like Very rarely do you find your perfect dream role directly out of college. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where, like for me, Um, what I loved in college that when I picked my major, I had no idea if I was going to like it or not. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know that much about it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I felt like it kind of, uh, when I looked at it, it had that creative side and that analytical side, which is what made me kind of pick it. Um, but then what I really liked about it was the problem solving aspect. So, um, when people like like I remember when I was applying for my current job and they were like why do you want this job and I was like or like what what do you want to do and I'm like I just want to solve problems that's Mm -hmm. that's what I like really get excited about um so but you know when I worked in my first job out of college it's like you know I got a little taste of that and um So, but that wasn't my whole role at first, you know? So I think it's just kind of getting, getting in a role, identifying kind of what those things are that that get you really excited. And like, when you come home at the end of the day, like, what are you like? Oh, that was really cool. That was really exciting. Not everything is going to be that way, you know, even in, even in my current role, which I absolutely love, there's things that I don't like, you know a hundred percent enjoy that's that's just part of that's just part of your, your job that's part of work yeah um so I think it's just about like as you move through your career kind of being cognizant of which things do I like which things do I not um, and then if you don't like things really identifying is it because I need to grow um, in or is it because it's uncomfortable and I need to grow in order to like it, or is it because it's really not the right thing for me to do? Right. Um, so these are kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure that actually like answered your question, but that's just kind of how I think about as I've moved through my career, identifying what's right for me.
0: No, absolutely. And I'll kind of echo what you're saying and and give a little fourth factor, a little fourth tip in here is one thing you said perfectly was. I sat you sat back and said what do I want to do and the answer to that was I just want to solve problems right and that that's not getting too nitty gritty and saying I want to do this role in this industry for this company and work there for this long like you're not putting constraints on the role you're actually saying no no at a high level I just want to solve problems and whatever role that I'm capable of getting today that allows me to focus on that and to grow in that area then that's the right job for me right now. That doesn't mean it's going to be a great job for you forever. And I always tell my students when you're in your internship, if you absolutely hate it, amazing. Write down what you hate about it and make sure that the next job that you have just has a little bit less of that. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to hit the target perfectly, especially in an internship, especially in your first job. So really taking note of what you do and you don't like from almost like at a task level versus at, Um, a title or a job level really helps you make correct um, choices in, in your um, next part of your career. And so with that, that's kind of a perfect transition to our closing. And so um, our final segment of the podcast I've, I've deemed is how do I get there? So we kind of started with what do you do? And then we jumped into what do you actually do to kind of uncover your, more of your everyday and really debunking this job uh, description of user experience professional or senior user experience professional. Um, if you were a young person listening to this podcast, thinking to themselves, I want her job in 10 to 15 years, et cetera, what would you recommend for them to be the best next step today or upon graduation? So let's say they're like, nope, user experience, that is what I want to do. Maybe they are they have a degree in it. Maybe they don't. Regardless, what would be one piece of advice that you would give them today?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the cool things I think about user experience design is, like I said, it's kind of a new and upcoming um, industry or role um, or kind of job. Um, so one of the great things is I was, there's not, there's not a lot of, you know, colleges or universities that you're going to be able to go and like major in UX design. It it Mm -hmm. doesn't exist yet. Um, So, but the the great thing that's come out of that is there's a lot of resources outside of, you know, official like standard universities Mm -hmm. um, that can help you learn and grow in the practice. Um, So there's a lot of great, you know, we have a lot of people that we hire out of, Um, some, they're like kind of like 12-week career change classes where you Mm -hmm. can go and, you know, say like, I want to take this 12-week course to become a UX designer. Um, And then typically those courses partner with companies um, to kind of give you an apprenticeship coming out of your 12-week course. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a lot of just online resources in terms of I would start... Start searching on user-centered design practices, design thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are a lot of the methodologies that we're using day-to-day. And then the other thing that's really big in our organization and my company is um, not necessarily core hard skills of UX design, but Mm -hmm. really kind of like the soft skills of working um, in a corporate environment or really just any job. So mm-hmm. communication skills, strategic skills, financial skills, understanding business, like business acumen um, things like that, that are really transferable skills. So they're not mm-hmm. necessarily focused on a particular um, role or job, but it's just things that like, no matter what you do throughout your career, you need to be able to communicate.
0: That's right. Um, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Especially in, in user experience, like I was saying, as we're working across all of these different business groups and we're bringing these people in and helping facilitate meetings, like you've got to be able to kind of read your audience and um, understand how to communicate differently to, you know, a vice president of the company versus an associate on the, in the store on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the things that I would say um, – To kind of focus on to get into user experience and then you know those last like soft skills I would just say for anyone make sure that you're focused at least equally as much on those as you are your hard skills Mm -hmm. in your career because my experience has been the people who really excel at the soft skills um, and who work hard are the ones who typically are very successful regardless of how expert they are in Excel or PowerPoint mm-hmm. or things like that,
0: yes, totally, and I think too i love I love hearing from people who are in a field where you're saying you know, get on board while you can. It's kind of this growing industry and it's becoming, I feel, so much more prevalent with just the tech space and the digital world we live in and all of that great stuff that this is really going, I foresee it being a huge thriving opportunity for students, especially if it's something that intrigues them. So I think, like you said, there's plenty of resources out there, which I will link all the resources that Brooke has mentioned in terms of, I will get the 12-week course information from her and any of those design thinking, et cetera, websites for you guys to check out. But um, I would even say, yes, agree, hone in on those soft skills. And also um, get on LinkedIn and start typing in jobs and um, positions that Brooke has mentioned and that really intrigue you. And see who in your area, in the city that you live in, has those jobs and ask them to coffee. Now that you've had this conversation, heard this conversation, if this is interesting to you, I would encourage you to do that. Um, and, uh, continue to reach out with me to me if, if you need further connections and further pieces of advice. But, um, To kind of wrap this interview, I just want to say thank you to Brooke for your time and your talent and your expertise and your kindness. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for sharing with us about what you do. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this 9 to fiver, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at 4th underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com, and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.